Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. to scientifically study a creature that, by all the laws of nature, should have died a quarter of a million years ago. They dared to bring him back alive from his haunts deep in the jungles of the Amazon. They dared to put him on display with the other denizens of the deep while thousands came to marvel and wonder. You know, I, I pity him sometimes. He's so alone. The only one of his kind in the world. If anything goes wrong, you head straight for the surface, you understand? All right, let's go. They dared to study him, to probe him, to tempt him with the lure of a woman's beauty, thinking that mere chains could hold in check the primeval forces that surged and roiled within this strange being from the dawn of time. Hello, he broke the chain! guys welcome back to the tragedy cinema the universal monsters series um once again we are becoming one of the great i guess you would call it a sequel um to the creature of the black lagoon this is revenge 
of the creature. Of the creature. Um, before we get started, I do want to say something very important. Um, I was on Facebook and I came across this that uh, Rico Browning actually played uh, the creature. The Gill Man. The Gill Man. And in the underwater scenes, a lot of his own stunts and everything in this. Uh, but his daughter left something uh, on Facebook, so I'd, I'd like to read it. Um, it says, his daughter shared this opportunity with us since we may not know how much time he, ha- we, he has left to do so. How many times have you wished you would have one last chance to let someone you know what they meant to you, that this is our chance to let the monster know, Enrico Browning, how much he meant to you or how he affected you in your childhood. Um, so if you would like to write to Rico Browning, uh, let him know how much he meant to you. Uh, it is Rico Browning. His address is 5221 Southwest uh, 196th Lane in Southwest Ranches, Florida, Three 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 two. So four threes and a two. I'm personally going to write in because um, the creature from Black Lagoon was always one of my favorite uh, Universal monsters, anyway. Yeah, and one of my favorite movies. And just um, he's up there in age now. I want to say maybe uh, I thought I read it in his 90s, maybe 91, something to be up like there, that. Sure. Uh, yeah. If you want to look that up, Kyle. But yeah. I think this is one of those opportunities where hey, we can write to him. Um, hopefully he gets there in time. Um, we don't know how much time he has left. But Yeah, we'll be sharing that information on Facebook. And, of course, if you're, you're, he's hopefully still alive, but still with us when time this podcast comes out, you can look forward. And even if he's not, his family will know how much he meant to 91. the movie industry. So he's 81. 91. 91. I thought he was in the 90s, yeah. February 16th, 1930. Yep, so he's 91 years old. So let's, let's do all a favor. Let's all uh, send him a little... Either card or a letter, and just tell him a little bit of stories. You Let know. him know our thoughts are with us. That right. we appreciate the work he did and how much cool stuff he did. Um, I, I just, I'll cut a little for, ahead for that. Rico Browning, like he's also popular for like directing and writing a lot of shows, like Frasier and Flipper episodes and stuff like that. Right. So, so like he had a prolific career even outside of being the Gill Man um, in the Water Water scene. So we show our appreciation and love for him. So Kyle, let's go ahead and take away Revenge of the Creature. Yes, Revenge of the Creature. Let me go um, lift off the uh, the whole the whole shabattle. That's the word I'm going to use, the shabattle. Revenge of the Creature, released in March 29th, 1955. That's derived from the earliest release they could find in those records, because those records aren't entirely consistent. Um, it was directed by Jack Arnold. Writers include William Allen for the story, and the screenplay was written by Martin Berkeley. Um, producer, um, also produced by William Allen. And the cinematographer was Scotty Wellborn, as uh, credited as Charles S. Wellborn. So Scotty Charles, I guess that's a, I don't know how that name goes. <laughs> and next up we have editor was uh, Paul Weatherwax. Interesting name, Weatherwax. I can say that all day. Next up, moving on to the technical details. Uh, oh no, actually, I'm going to move first to the gross for the box office was one point one million dollars, and Ewan's using my Terrence ability of magical math. This is actually Kyle, by the way. I didn't introduce myself. This is Kyle doing the podcast. <laughs> Terrence is out um, using, but if I use Terrence's ability of using mathematical science, I can extrapolate that one point one million dollars in nineteen fifty five with the equivalent of worth about eleven million dollars, eleven point two million dollars today in terms of gross profits. So like it was a <laughs> Not a huge movie back then, and not a huge movie now necessarily now, but still um, modest uh, earnings. Um, no budget necessarily how much money it took to release. Next, I'll move on to the technical details. The runtime is a brisk 82 minutes, really quick film. Sound mix was purely mono, so just one lane altogether for all the, all the audio. Color info, this is a black and white film. Aspect ratio, this is 1.33 by 1, otherwise known as kind of like a 4 by 3 aspect ratio, if you will. And uh, 
Film length is 2,235 millimeters. That'd be the equivalent of, I believe, uh, just uh, two or three reels, I believe. I actually don't see it listed here for this movie, but I believe that'd be uh, roughly around the same area, about two or three reels. And um, moving on, the process was in Universal 3D, so this is a 3D film in its own right, too. And the printed format was 35 millimeters. Um, no rewards listed to this film because it kind of came and went for the most part, but still an appreciable film on its all overall. Can't find anything about rewards though, so we're just going to move straight on to the Kyle part himself, my own personal favorite, the cast. So first up, we have John Ager playing Professor Cleet Ferguson. You can recognize him for such films as the 1948 movie Fort Apache, Fort Apache, the 1956 film The Mole People, the 1949 film The Sands, The Sands of Iwo Jima, and the 1971 film Big Jake. Next up, we have Lori Nelson playing Helen Dobson. You might recognize her from the TV series How to Marry a Millionaire. Um, also, not in the film though for How to Marry a Millionaire with uh, Marilyn Monroe. Um, and um, she was also in two Mon Pa Kettle movies, which was a little small series back in the day. They 50s. were great. I, I personally haven't seen them myself, but they look fun. <laughs> I don't know if they're are they musicals or are they no, just, no, like, just, just like a slapstick just, comedy. No, it's just like um, uh, basically uh, a, a mom and mom Pa Kettle were. They had a lot of kids, and they like lived in Kentucky, you know, down in the southern regions. And this, oh, it, this you need to right up my it. alley. I yeah, need to yeah. get that. We need to add that to the back to the backlog of uh, Try to Turn a Podcast someday, probably. Okay, so moving on forward, we have John Bromfield playing Joe Hayes. Um, he was then he was basically a huge lawman actor back in the fifties. So he was like the main character in the nineteen fifty eight series U.S. Marshal. He also appeared in the 1950 film The Furies and the 1956 film Hot Cars. So John Burnfield, yeah, he was a U.S. Marshal character in a lot of care and a lot of lawman work. So cool for him. Next up, we have uh, Nestor Pavia. Hopefully, I pronounced her name correctly. Nestor Pavia plays Lucas. Um, they were in the film, the 1963 film The Madman of Mandoras, the 1947 film Road to Rio classic, and the 1948 film Angel's Alley. Moving forward, we have Grandin Rhodes playing Jackson Foster. They were in the film we covered just recently, uh, well, just recently, a few months or weeks, <laughs> the 1956 film Earth vs. the Flying Saucers, the 1956 film Born Yesterday, the 1950 film Tripoli, and the 1949 film All the King's Men. Moving forward, we have Dave Willock playing Lou Gibson. Um, Will Gibson, uh, Dave Willock was in films such as the 1970s Hogan's Heroes, uh, American classic, the 1958 Queen of Outer Space, 1962's Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and the film 1973 Emperor of the North. Moving forward, we have Robert B. Williams playing George Johnson. He was in the film 1950. He was in the 1956 film The Killing, the 1944 film Black Arrow, the 1959 film The Bat. The night and the 1968 film Hang 'em High, and now we have our two um, uh, character we uh, actor we just mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. We have Rico Browning playing the Gill Man in the water scenes, specifically. Um, Rico Browning also mainly um, known for playing this role, specifically in the in the water scene, and also being a writer and director for shows like Frasier and Flippers. So you go look in his IMDb page, you'll see um, numerous television and uh, television episodes where he's either writing and or directing those episodes, and uh, so he performed a lot of off-camera work. So, overall, uh, interesting career. 
And next up, and lastly, we have Tom Hennessy playing the Gillman for the land scenes. And he was in such films as the 1958 film 26 Men, the 1961 film Thriller, and the 1972 film Squares. And that is the cast of the 1955 Revenge of the Creature. Right, so we're going to start talking about this movie. <laughs> All right, Kyle, Revenge of Kyle. He's <laughs> Gotta take a breath. Food coma. Uh, Forgot to breathe there. <laughs> uh, so, uh, basically, uh, I think, according to the movie, a year has passed since the events of the first Creature from the Black Lagoon. Roughly around there, yeah. Now, uh, the opening scene, you have uh, the boat going back to the Amazon, or wherever the they were. second expedition, if you will. But this time, they're not just to... Uh, they don't just want to study the creature. They are actually trying to capture it alive, um, which is very interesting because the boat captain's like, look, I've seen these people before, or I've seen the Gill Man before. He doesn't belong in this world. Um, they said, do you, do you really think that you guys are going to be able to pull this off? Like, look, did the scientists that came with you the first time around, were they ready to capture it? And he's like, no. He's like, well, we are. Um, yeah. So... Right off the bat, it already had my intent and my 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 interest was picked peaked in this movie, um, and there's just something about the shooting of the underwater in this uh, movie is fantastic. Um, the uh-huh. way that they did it, it's I really enjoy the cinematography of this this movie. Um, so they basically, if you've ever seen one of those, uh, uh, remember when somebody would do like a deep sea dive, the deep sea spacesuit with the, the cage on the helm, you know, with the, the, the Oh yeah. All those kind of things, scenes, right. Yeah. Classic so, deep sea dive. So they actually have one of these on here that are going underwater to go try to find the, um, they're putting explosives in the water and, uh, the gill man comes up and he grabs a hold of the guy that's trying to put, um, the thing. And all of a sudden it's now a fight. Um, and one thing I want to point out real, real quick too, is in the first, uh, creature from the black lagoon, you never really saw the um, the air bubbles. Uh, in this movie, uh, instead of them coming out of his mouth or nose, you see it at the top of the suit. So they were actually, you know, where uh, air could be put in there. Yeah. Um, and you can see the air bubbles come out of the top of his head. So, so his design has changed somewhat. And it's clear that they, they, like, you know, for the first film, like it, like, it was clear they had to struggle to kind of overcome all these problems of filming underwater. But in this film, it's clearly, it's a step up on their game. I don't know if it's exactly the same producers doing all this kind of work again, but it's clear that this is a lot more experienced crew for filming underwater scenes. They're definitely a step above. Right. So, so the Gill Man yeah. is uh, attacking the guy underwater. He keeps dragging him down like he's trying to... Trying to drown him, basically, you know, like, because he's probably like, look, these people are here again. I'm going to have to just get rid of them again this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you remember the end of the first movie, I think it shows him, uh, basically, they shoot him, remember, and he falls in the water, and it just, he just, it's basically the same ending of this movie. Yeah. You know, he's slowly slowly sinking. You never actually see uh, him die, but he just sinks to the bottom. So, uh, basically, they're shooting in the water, and uh, they scare the gill man off, and they rescue their guy. Um, but now they've had, uh, I forgot how many explosives that they, they put down in the water. Um, so enough. <laughs> the, the, they're going to, they're good. They, they got enough explosives that they're going to do it, blow it on, blow them up, but it was not supposed to kill the creature. It's only supposed to render him unconscious. Yeah. Which, knock him out with a bomb underwater. Which I'm it's like. how you do. But I mean, that's like fishing yeah. in Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dynamite over. Yeah. Uh, you light your M80, you toss it in the water and you catch fish. That's how it right. goes. <laughs> so, uh. When they go to blow it up, uh, they, they sit around for a minute and nothing happens. Um, and you're, they're like, well, is it going to work? And they're like, we don't understand how it didn't work. You know, there's enough explosive here that everything in this little swamp would be rendered 
unconscious. You see dead fish and everything. Then all of a sudden, the Gill Man the just Gil rises man just up, unconscious. Does the dead man's float? Yeah. He's up at the top. They're like, there he is. So they end up capturing uh, the, uh, the the Gill Man. And and something that is very plays a vital role in this movie is that the Gill Man can only survive a few minutes outside of the water, hmm. and that plays a vital role later on. Um, so they've taken a picture. They've sent it to uh, like the news broadcast, and he's shown, "Hey, look, this is fresh in from the expedition in the Amazon." Here's the first picture for everybody to see of the Gill Man, and that they're actually taking him to a Florida aquarium, if you will. I forget the name of the. the uh, I don't remember the exact name of the location. Yeah, too, but, uh, but the, they're taking him to like a Sea World of Florida, if you will, to uh-huh. put him into a tank, yeah. so people can come and witness and see the Gill Man for him. So I want, I want the other sequel, where, like Gill Man versus Florida Man. <laughs> <laughs> what is that movie nowadays? <laughs> uh, they're one and the same, I do believe. <laughs> Gill Man uh, is Florida Man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next uh, scene after they, they do this is they go into like. Um, uh, what's his name? Where the the the, the scientist lady's got like the chimp and the the monkey's painting of the thing yeah, yeah. and all that. Laura Nelson, Hel- Helen Dobson. Yeah. Character. Well, no, this isn't Helen. This is the uh, oh, this is the other character. This uh, is just like the the nurse lady. Yeah, uh, I forgot her name. <laughs> and you got Nil, who's the name of the the chimpanzee or the monkey. Um, and they're teaching him like painting. They're teaching him like signing. They're teaching him like, hey, open your mouth. Hey, you know, do this, do that. Um, and then time to yawn, which Kyle's doing right now, always. Um, I'm channeling so, my inner Terrence. They're playing peekaboo and everything. So, um, very, very early on, you can see that they've been trying to um, incorporate human characteristics into animals. Um, so, uh, the monkey. Or, yeah, at very least, establish a way of like understanding how far they can teach monkeys to be like humans. Right. Um, which plays a vital role into what they're trying to do to the creature, too. Um and Kyle, I want you to to pay close attention here in a minute because a young Clint Eastwood makes his film debut uh, in an uncredited scene as the lab technician Jennings. He discusses with Professor Ferguson about an experiment involving a cat and several mice sharing the same cage. Right there, he is. Oh, wow! Do you see? And now I can't unsee it. Right. I didn't know this when I first watched the you film. And now back. I can't. Like, it's, it's just... <laughs> I did not recognize him when I was first watching this. Um, you know, but he points out that hey, a full cat will not eat, eat a mouse. But you know, <laughs> he has like, he has that classic hairstyle. No, though I can't unsee. It. Like it's all in the hair for me. Right. Yeah. It looks um, like David Bowie to an extent too. I don't know. But how. you know, if you remember, this was also um, in the beginning of Back to the Future Three. This and I, this I now I finally put two and two together. Uh, Marty exits a movie theater dressed in his cowboy outfit, and Doc and tells Doc, "I'm pretty sure Clint Eastwood wouldn't wear this." When he says this. He is standing next to the poster of this movie, which is Eastwood's first movie appearance. So it ties in, and I would—I never put the it two all, and two together. That's just ridiculous knowledge coming to another film. I know. I was Nerds. Like, yeah, I was like, you know, I've noticed a lot of subtle, subtle things in Back to the Future, but this might be the most. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous Out one there I, reference. Right. It's like, okay, that's amazing. I can't um, believe so, like, Who knows that, really? So basically, <laughs> they've told him, hey, they've captured this Gill man, and the, the guy's like, well, where are you going? He's like, I've got a, got a trip to go to. Uh, mm-hmm. So now they're f- coming into the Ocean Harbor in Florida with the creature. Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Not Pearl Harbor, Kyle. That's in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. So uh, as they pull up the ship here, uh, they have the creature on board. They know that he can't stay very um, long out of the water. Out of the water. Um, which is very interesting because they, they basically, you know, don't know. I don't know how they're going to transport him. Um, but they... <laughs> 
it's like they transport him in a kiddie pool basically it's it's kind of ridiculous yeah so they're they're putting him into the um uh, what, would, what would you call this? The, uh, uh, the, the pulley... Uh, the stretcher on a pulley. Yeah, the gurney like that. Yeah, yeah. The water gurney. <laughs> so basically they had, to, they had to bring him out from under the ship. They put him in this uh, pulley and they're lifting him in the air. They're transporting him to the... Um, enclosure, the aquarium. Right. Like, yeah. Um, which I don't know if it ever really shows how they got him from the ship to the enclosure. Besides this crane scene, I don't Movie remember. magic. Um, I know like a Free Willy, didn't they put him in like a big... Big... Uh, a semi tank. or something yeah, yeah. semi tank yeah. um, oh there it is is it uh, like a, just a little water okay. chest maybe just like a water truck like you know like Jimbo, no, it's, a, it's a pickup truck Jimbo just filled his pickup truck full of, full of water like this would be good enough for a few minutes <laughs> well no he's they actually got a chest on there they're like a Houdini chest they're, they're dropping him into oh, so okay. they can keep yeah, him yeah. submerged in the All water right. they, they thought it through then they got the Houdini right. chest but it does That's good it's in like an F-150 maybe exactly yeah um, I, I made that one I know it <laughs> <laughs> no, you made F two fifties. Oh, so um, tomato, tomato. They got him loaded up, and they're they're taking him to the. Um, See, so we actually get the location name or not? I'm not sure about how that if we have that or not. Yeah, I can't think of the name because to me oh. it's just generic pool place. I never buy. I don't so, know names. So now they have him. They dropped him in the tank, and you've got uh, the guy in the water, and he's just pushing the gill men around trying to get him he's basically in a coma <laughs> unconscious from this blast how long does this blast effect last for i do not know so they're just i mean what well, seems like hours yeah um, just keeps and then pulling around this, like is where you, this is where you see helen she's here um do you remember why she's there kyle uh, Helen, I believe she's, I believe she's there to study the anatomy, right? She's a scientist in herself. I can't remember what the exact reason, though. Do you know uh, why? I forget, but she's there, um, and the gill man, you know, she, now he's underwater further. He's like, come on, and then you see his, like, hand move just barely. <laughs> he's like, I think his hand He's got moved. a little bit of a twist. And, like, think, and I'm thinking, um, this guy's arm moved. You better get out of the water. You know almost I, immediately. Yeah, yeah. Because like it, it's clear. Like they they know from the get go. Like this creature is deadly. And then you so, see him basically open up his mouth and eyes. Like ah, what's going on? Oh no! Yeah. It's like man, I got a bad headache. Why is somebody <laughs> holding me? I don't like being touched. <laughs> so he's basically saying, "Get those ropes ready. I'm about ready to get out of here." And they're like, "Well, we're ready, Joe." And then you just see him start taking off, start yeah. swimming in his. He doesn't know where he's at. He jumps up. Ah, and all the people are screaming, taking pictures. Um, they're like, "Man, he's gonna get out of the tank!" And you're like, "Well, I want to find out when the decade changed where like they just let the public have any major discovery in the world." Like we saw the same thing in old films, like Day of the Earth is Still, where like the general press and everybody else just grabs us around, like, "Oh, look at the thing!" When in reality, the government's gonna shut it down, and hold them in clothes, like that. <laughs> Right, yeah. and, so we're moving and, on uh, here, and like the um, the yeah the the, the Gill Man is trying to escape. And and he actually jumps up on top of the the, the barrier. He's 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 out. He's, he's getting smashing. out. Yeah, yeah. And he's then, gonna get smacked back in. He's getting, and he's just fighting back. Joe's fighting, fighting him. Off. Yeah, and having a, a grapple contest. And the actual the Fishman just like the the Gill Man drags him back into the pool basically and overturns him and is trying to overpower him and get him back in there. So Joe's got to try and escape again, and two other people trying to help him escape and all that kind of stuff. But still, it's like this huge, um, almost like a tug of war between the Gill Man and these people. Now, think, we, now we grabbed another random bystander and almost. I know it's one, of the, it's one of the security guards, I think. Yeah, yeah. So now they got the net around him, trying to keep him secured and just trying to keep him locked down long enough to get him safely locked down in there without um, anyone getting hurt hopefully so which it's a panic situation you yeah. know 
This is what I don't understand. Right now, I think they only have him in like a small tank, right? Are they transferring him to a larger tank? Because I don't think this is the same tank, I, is it? I, no, I think this is the same tank, but it's not completely filled. This is like it at the very bottom. Oh, line. maybe that's true because there's the ladder on the side where they yeah, go yeah. down. Yeah, so I think they're going to fill the tank later. Because I was like, he's just standing up. like Yeah, he's just standing up like no problem at all. Yeah, so I think it, it, this is like, it's just like, it's like a few feet deep, like maybe two or three feet deep. And now they're going to fill it up with him in it. And then after they get him chained down, so they have him locked down in that's there. That's what I said. They, they, they have a plan that they're going to put this chain around his uh, leg. Um no, see, they're putting him somewhere else. Oh, they are. Okay. So, so they're actually taking him to a... Uh, the guy still got him in the net, and they're taking him to the bigger tank, is what I thought. Okay. I just okay. couldn't remember how they got him there. But yeah. what's very interesting is that the actors actually had to swim in with Shark sharks, Butler. stingrays, sea turtles. Now, let me ask you this, Kyle, um, as we uh, got this on play. I will answer your question. The Amazon... They took this monster, the Gill Man, from a freshwater source. Sharks yeah. and everything they're putting them in there with is salt water. Salt water, yeah. So, if you're a scientist, why would you think that is okay to put a the, the creature in the Gill Man in from a, a freshwater source into? Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's it's weird even from like a script to, like to ignore salinity of water of like you can't just mix freshwater fish with saltwater fish and just expect that to go with no problems whatsoever. So I, I don't know if like there's I, I can't remember any line at all in the first movie or this film that would suggest that the waters they found him in were saltwater at all. Like it's like in the Amazon where you assume he'd be in a freshwater environment. So putting him in a saltwater pool makes zero sense. It's, right. a, it's a poor piece of continuity. I mean, unless they're saying that the Amazon River was a saltwater river that's running through yeah, there. Not but, impossible, but I mean, also, I, I don't know geography that well. Someone else <laughs> expertise. <laughs> tell me about water. Tell me all about water. I'm going to need listen. to see the acid test. The, 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 you know, because... What's the, the Gilman's pH level? Because even, even like a regular aquarium, uh, a saltwater aquarium compared mm-hmm. to just a goldfish tank... There's a lot of work that goes involved in keeping the salt levels and everything. Yeah, I, I, uh, they are very delicate ecosystems that need to be constantly maintained. That's why I so. didn't understand this movie. If you have this prized position that millions of people are going to come see, and it's basically one of its own kind, why would you take the risk of just tossing him in there? Just put him in there. It'd be fine, whatever. So basically, it they, was the 50s. <laughs> they've got his left foot chain now at the bottom, so he cannot escape this. Well, or so they yeah, think. And he's like, ah, oh, my left foot. That's right. <laughs> so now he's 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 chained on the bottom, so he knows he can't go anywhere. He goes and tries pulls on the chain. Yeah. He can he can go up to the top of the the water. Um, you might say he's anchored. And that right there, I do believe, is a cardboard cutout of the original creature from Black Lagoon, and not this correct. creature. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. They threw that in there too. Um, so Good. now they've opened up the exhibit. Um, they've got. Um, where you can look in down and see him, and they can look. And I think there's like the um, I don't know if it's open to the public, but in the bottom of the tank, you go in there and there's uh, the portholes, observation windows, right? Yeah. The portholes, and you can look in there and, and see the people uh, and see the Gill Man, which is very cool. I, I mean, that would be really something to go see. Um, it's like I don't know if you've ever been to the Indianapolis Zoo, Kyle, downtown, but mm-hmm. uh, you can go down there and you can go to the dolphin show, and you can actually go into like a, the the bubble under the water. And watch the dolphins swimming around, and you know when they go do their tricks up in the air for no. the crowd, you know they come back down. Or even there's some places like I believe like Vegas and Arizona places like they also have like mermaid shows stuff like that. People like women getting like scuba kind of gear and do the whole dancing. Right. Where I imagine that that would be my closest proximity to imagining what the Gill Man is like watching your water, like seeing a human humanoid swimming in water like that. Sounds really 
cool and fantastical almost. I wonder why yeah. this guy's down here just feeding fish, feeding dolphins, feeding sharks. I was like, man, you know, yeah, how much training would I have to go through this? Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was very, very interesting that Rico Browning also wrote for Flipper. And he's in the he's in this tank with dolphins he and was sharks, the and that. right? It, he clearly has some expertise on all things aquatic, which also raises the question: like, why would he put him in a saltwater pool? But so, still, <laughs> so this is really cool when you see the gill man. They're in the observation station. You can just see him flying by the windows. I thought that or swimming by the windows, really cool. Um, all the kids and everybody are like, "Whoa, look!" You know, yeah. I can't imagine being a kid and and going to see this a one of a kind thing like that, right? Yeah. I mean, or even like being like in real life, being an extra and being you know being tasked to see the Gilman out costume. Like you're still a kid going to an aquarium to see a guy swimming in a fish costume. Right, that'd be so cool to see in real life. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So basically, um, uh, yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> Helen Thompson and Cleet Ferguson meet for the first time, have their interactions of uh, like, why are you here? Why well, I'm here for this reason? Blah 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 blah. Yeah. blah. I'm and, so pretty. We should date. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, well, what are you doing for lunch?" She's like, "Well, I haven't really thought about it." I was like, "Well, it's a date, you know, basically." Um, gotcha. <laughs> so, um, man, that is just some of the coolest f- seeing the Gill Man. But you can really tell the bubbles here uh, coming from the top of his um, suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, I don't think, if I remember right, uh, what was really cool is, is what we we didn't talk about at the, the beginning when they were in the Amazon. The first time you see the creature in this movie. There's like a seagull or a sea crane sitting on a log, and, and you see him just come up and grab him from yeah. the leg and drag it underwater. Gotcha. You're mine. No yeah. birds were harmed in the filming of this movie, I hope. Um, but he is a predator. <laughs> yes, he is yeah. a predator. And and then what's really weird is when they try to feed him at the uh, in the aquarium, I don't know if it's, you know what I mean? I don't know if he actually eats it out of the, out of the cage or whatever, or they take it away. They're trying to find what he will eat and won't eat because he won't touch the fish that are swimming around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say, um, so they get this great idea that, Hey, we're going to go into the water and we're going to train basically, him. Yeah. Uh, basically to stop. They're going to, if you basically see the monkey, um, so he does eat out of the basket that they gave him. Um, but then they have to go on, but going forth on, they want to have like negative reinforcement training with cattle prods and all those kind of things. Right. A real like animal a, cruelty uh, thing. Peter would have been so upset. <laughs> Uh, so then here you have the old per- uh, the, the, the we actually have our own dolphin what's his, show. what's his name I can't think of the name of the dolphin in this movie let's go Flipper uh, oh Flippy no, it's Flippy uh, it's Flippy it's, it's not yeah yeah Flippy Flippy so, the dolphin so Flippy's doing tricks with dumbbells he raises the flag here in a minute uh, such a cute dolphin Ocean Harbor that's the name of the place ah so creative name Ocean Harbor it's by the ocean it's a harbor it's Ocean Harbor so what's the other guy's name not the, believe it's do you remember Joe the, Hayes do you remember the guy that says no, I just want to give the doctor a chance of felon before I move in, basically. I yep. can't think. You that's know, jo- that's yeah. Joe Hayes, played by John Bromfield. Bromfield. Yeah, so they're they're all here watching this. Um, it's actually a really impressive dolphin show, not going to lie. Well, back for the time, especially. Jumping through, like, paper dolphins mache hoops. hoops and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like raising it. flags and everything. So. Dolphins are so cool. So now they've discovered that they're going to put a, um, a speaker into the water with the gill man. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can start uh, hearing the voices of... Um, yeah, begin, Helen. Yeah, begin some like rudimentary communication, to some degree. Yeah, right. And what's really interesting is that they want, and this is something that's hard to comprehend too, is when they go scuba diving underwater, and she's saying stop. I'm thinking, how is this going through the speaker? 
You know what I mean? Well, even at first, like, the Man is saying stop. Uh, well, Professor Cleet Ferguson is saying stop first. So it's like, do they have microphones built into the outfit or something like that? But it's not unclear. It's like, it's, well, it's like maybe there was, like, more believable aspects of the time or something I'm just missing. But I don't see how the the technology of the 50s works out here and all these kind of things of all the, uh, the uh, how this process actually works for this setup. Right. You know, I don't understand how this setup actually works, but it does for movie magic reasons. Right. So now Helen and I believe, it, is it John? Is that his name? They're getting ready to go into the... Uh, I believe it's Joe. Well, Joe. Yeah. yeah. Well, Joe's not going in. Oh, no, it? it's Professor Cleet. Professor Cleet Ferguson. So Ferguson. Right. So Fergus, let's just say Fergus. Fergus and Joe. Okay. <laughs> so they're, they're going to go in there, uh, with their scuba gear and their the electric rod. He's like, look, if he gets too close, um, we're going to say stop. And if he keeps coming, we're going to shock him with this. So he understands that when we say stop, if you don't stop, then you're going to get, get this is going to hurt you. With a cattle prod. Now, it's very painful. Now, my mind says you're using this shock rod in water that you're in. Somehow this doesn't seem like it should work because is it going to shock the entire? Yes and no to some degree, but yeah, 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 yeah. Within a very short distance, like like you'd have to have a very long cattle prod, which they seem to do to disperse that electricity. Right, still, it's a dangerous prospect. <laughs> I wouldn't put a giant electrical wire in a pool. Just, just thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And what's really interesting is it must run on D-volt batteries because there is no cord attached to that cattle prod. Oh, so yeah. um, so they're going to go down and they're going to try to feed him uh, together right now. Uh, so they go down there and this is where, you know, they're like, he, he the, the, the creature would come closer and they're like, stop. And they, you know, they treat him. And this entire time there's real fishes uh, swimming around them, real sharks yeah. swimming around I, them. I, I which can't is imagine. Just insanity. I, I'm surprised we didn't, I, I personally didn't find any um, notes of, uh, Injuries or deaths or fatalities on this film. Well, we, we will t- we will talk about. It. There was some near death experiences, which yeah. we'll talk about. So close calls, but nothing like too significant. Yeah. So basically, they're trying to feed him, and and uh, so they're saying stop, and he he swims away because he's like, hey, they're going to shock me again if not. So now uh, he's like, she, they come up with this plan. From now on, it's only going to be me and you in here feeding him, so he understands. Uh, we're their supplier. We're their his suppliers. Basically. We're here to basically feed him. You know yeah. what I mean. So they grab the cage. They get out of there. Uh, and the young man's like, "What? <laughs> Not, I didn't get no food." Mm-hmm. Uh, so he swims away. You know, and he's swimming around with his chin. You kind of almost feel bad for the creature at this point. Um, they've got him chained to the bottom of this. They're shocking him. Uh, they're starving him, <laughs> if you will. He's a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, we'll get more to it later. Sorry, go ahead. No, but, so <laughs> I have thoughts. Well, I can go a little bit to like a little bit of pause now, but it's like you, like uh, like watching the first film was like, oh, okay, this is fine. Creature design. Watching the second film, now I understand what Guillermo del Toro was trying to do when he made his uh, ocean uh, <laughs> shape in the water. Shape in the water. Yeah, it's a terrible movie. Now, I, I love the movie. movie. I, it's best picture of uh, that year. Uh, won an Oscar, so I think it's fine. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. Um, because clear, because the whole I'm gonna uh, barricade the door and fill the bathroom up with water to the ceiling. It was a little far fetched for me. Like, this movie's that much more realistic. <laughs> but still, like it understood that like the monster actually was the victim in this case. The Gilman was the actual victim in some of the scenario. And this movie too, I agree. I think the Gilman is the victim in some of these scenarios. Like he's been taken from his home, forcibly put in a pool. They're putting shock prods on him. You know, everything. they've and, gave him. They've went from. Fresh water to salt water, it's going to ruin his skin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they essentially ruined the Gilman's life, and he did nothing to deserve this. He just was he, like, he's like Shrek in his swamp. Like, why'd you come to my Dude, swamp and mess with me? But something else that we should, man, when he devours that fish too, 
Something, something we should understand here, too, is I think you can take from this that he is falling or infatuated with the lady in this. Uh, Helen Dawson, yeah. yeah. Um, He's becoming infatu- increasingly infatuated with her. Right, and, yeah. and it's easy to see him uh, falling for her. Um, so I think this is the point where they get into the water. Uh, they had just fed him, and is this where they give him the ball on a stick? I, I, if it's not this one, it's the next time after that, I believe. I believe it's the next one after this. Oh, next okay. time they go back to the pool where they get the ball and the stick. And I had no idea what was going on with the ball and the stick. But, you know. <laughs> I think they were just wanting to play with the ball, like fetch, I guess. And they put his hands in the and he's like, no, stop. Like, well, why'd you bring the ball down? I don't know. Yeah. Don't give a kid a ball and take the ball away. <laughs> oh, it, I think when they fed him that fish, they had him, uh, there was some uh, tranquilizers oh. in it because you just see him float and lay down on that rock. And they go in and they put the... Uh, the straps on his uh, hands and the wrappers yeah. race or whatever, so they could track like his heartbeat and his um, vitals, basically. Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, so they get those on him, and and they come to find out, hey, you know, he's he's pretty much human except for a few different, a few minor. It's like you get up there and it's just and it's just off, kind of like monkeys where they have like you know two percent DNA things, but this this is a nineteen fifties movie, of course, so it's a little more fake than that. But yeah, everything's just off human. So she said, "He, th- this is where it's funny. He's like, hey, you know, if we could study him while he was awake, we'd learn a lot more. And he's like, lady, he's like, we know that the brain turns off when you sleep. She's like, no more than the heart does. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. he has it's a... Just, uh, the 50s. <laughs> that, yeah, that's so I thought done. this was really cool right here. When she's doing her chart, um, I thought I wrote it down somewhere. There are some interesting factoids uh, to be gleaned. Yeah, the Gilman Physical Examination X9746. The name, the Gilman. I mean, it could have said John or Fred or something. Something cool. Jimbo, yeah. Uh, the case number was X4746. Uh, the location was the wreck tank. The date was 710, does that say 48? Uh, I can't see that. So Um, I can. General observation does not respond to instruments. Massive uh, saw down appears well developed. Skin alligator skin, thick plates, color green to red to black, which is very interesting um, Mm. because I'd like to see this in color. See how they from green to red to black. Um, His head is a massive uh, emulti gill plates. Uh, and he's animal-like uh, myopath um, for his, what's that say? I'm trying to read this thing. Yeah. And she's filling in right now the lungs, which are large. Um, so she's she's doing her little observatory uh, readings and all that. But this is like a bleak in the remiss moment of just filling out that chart. But they did take the time to fill it out with all that information we've just read off. And right. More. I'll pause it so, so I can read it. Yeah. And this is where they take, I think, was they taking like blood from the uh, shark? Mm-hmm. And they they took some of the blood of the Gilman, and they're like, "Look, he's almost in every test we do. It's almost human, but yeah, I think he's like in the ninety seventh percent of human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's very interesting um, that they're trying to say, hey, why is this guy the uh, the creature the way he is, and what can we learn from him? So uh, they said the red corpse capsules or whatever was only ten percent less than human blood. Um, the unnucleus structure." Um, He's like, yeah. there's no no correlation with the fish sample. So basically, he's not like the fish. Yeah, he's like the humans. So and this is where he says every test, every reaction just misses being human. Yeah, which you've come to find out he has emotions too. Well, I say emotions, but he's got he's an fatu- anger. He, he, definitely, he has infatuations and 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 lust. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> what's the dog's name? Oh, poor doggy. Yeah, I forget the name. The name of the doggy. But I want to uh, say George or something like that. It's it's like Fred or George. It's, yeah, I believe it's, it's George. It's a actually, common, common yeah. name. You know. What I mean? uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, now they're on the He's beach, and and yeah, um, yeah. You can tell that this relationship is growing. It's very, I don't want to say funny, but it's very. Uh, how fast these people fall in love in these movies like this? You know what I mean? It's like, hey, let's oh, go out for dinner. Oh, oh by the way, day. and now we're a couple. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now we're here laying on the beach in our swimsuits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that I know you for five minutes, are we going steady? <laughs> yeah. Will you wear my Letterman jacket. <laughs> um, so they're going to go out for dinner or whatever. And Helen has gone down. She's all dolled up, and she sees the. Creature sitting on the log, <laughs> sitting on the log of the bay. You know, sitting in the in the in the thing, and and she's looking in there, and this is where you see him. You know, the Gilman Caesar, and he's very intrigued by her. Um, he swims over to her, you know, like, hey, hey, there, pretty lady. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this and this is when uh, what's the doctor the, the Ferguson I think comes in, and basically, you know. Mentions that they have plans for her to because she, she's going to go down with the ball here in the next scene, and they're going to talk about how they have those plans going forward and like how like he's very hesitant because he's actually scared he's like, of the yeah. man's going to attack her. Yeah, he's like, look, and he's like, um, he's like, I can handle him. He's like, I'm a man. I don't, I don't want you to go back in the mm-hmm. tank anymore. He's like, it's too dangerous, and he's like, uh, I'll do it. She's like, oh nonsense, you know, I, I, I pity him. She, she actually feels sorry for the creature. Uh, which I like this scene because you see the gill man just in the back, you know, you always see it looks like he's waving with both hands. I, yeah. I guess to stay on floating, you know what I mean? Yep. Stay and in position as long as possible. <laughs> I just yeah. think he is one of the, the best well done monster movies, you know, the creatures they've come up with. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, like, look, he's unpredictable. We don't know what's going on. So they're going to go out on their day and then here we come with the ball. Uh, the next day, and, and they're like, here, you want to play with the ball? He grabs the ball, and Helen's like, stop! He's like, why? You gave me a ball to play with, and now you don't want me to Fine, I'm, I'm swimming away. We, we almost had a moment, and you yeah. ruined it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I... I don't understand the... the the, the, uh, the no. meaning of this, this exercise. I think it's just two people wanting to bully a humanoid fish guy. <laughs> yeah, see, she's That's they, all it is. they make the they make the correlation. She's like, look, it took me three weeks to teach the monkey how to do this. The chimp. She's like, uh, we're gonna try this again. So she's yeah, she's. And you I, can see the ball getting entwined yeah. on that rope. You see her swinging it to come back around. If yeah. you if you watch. So it. It, it's actually it, it, to be serious for a sec. It's clear that the experiment is to you know validate whether or not he understands the commands he's being given to stop or proceed. Right. And all those kind of things. And and I find it funny that he always swims away and he kind of looks at her funny, <laughs> and then he'll start swimming back toward her. Okay, well let's get the ball again. Um. <laughs> uh, so this is where uh, they like, get back, Helen, get back, and he actually grabs it, and he, the, the Gilman's like, ah, forget I, the ball, I'm I, going for you. Yeah, so he you. grabs her, and here comes John to the rescue, um, and he's electrocuting the Gilman. Um, <laughs> yeah, trying to shock him, which they would assume also would shock her too for being literally in physical exactly. contact with him. But we don't, not going to mention so that. Yes. Now they're fighting uh, the Gilman and. Um, and she's yelling, stop, yeah. stop, you know what I mean? And if I'm the monster, uh, she, he finally does just pull the mask off. So now he's under there without water, or without hair, sorry. Uh, <laughs> he's so, got plenty of water. <laughs> so basically, she's she's coming back for him, um, and they, they get out, and he has no air, so they're trying. The Gilman's chase him, very intense uh, scene of the movie. And then what happens? Doink. He's stuck on the chain. He can't, can't you know, leave. Right. Yeah. 
but it's it's very clear like they, like it's very clear it's still like a, a clumsy suit in many ways there's only so much you can do but they clearly put a lot of work in this film specifically to make him feel intimidating and a threat underwater in this film which they didn't really succeed for in the last and film. what's really interesting is all those fish in the water you didn't know what they were going to do so some of the scenes like there he's tugging on that chain again and that fish just swims right there and looks at the camera and just <laughs> swims away yeah it's perfectly shot yeah uh, you couldn't you couldn't ask for better filming, you know, right? That kind of thing. So now he's really mad. He's like, these guys got me in. He keeps trying to get is. off his chain. He's going back to the service, screaming, rawr, rawr, "So mad! Um, I gotta watch. I got I gotta write Fraser. What are you doing here?" Sorry. So, <laughs> so, so he's mad and he's down there and he's he's trying to he's going back at that plate again and he's just like, you know, he keeps trying to doing typical monster stuff like he's trying to get free, you know, grasp at the chain as best as possible he can and he's working out, he's working out and I believe that pretty soon he's actually going to free himself and get out of there real soon. Yeah, it's it's coming up pretty soon. I yeah. don't know if it's right here. The exact moment or the exact method he does because I haven't watched it just a little while, but yeah, it is kind of interesting. Yeah, I think this is it. He's getting snap. loose. He's no, loose. snapped him. He's got it and he's out he's going folks and he just jumps up out of the water mm-hmm. and like, Arr. Arr, so now they turn around they're like oh look he broke the chain how he knows that I do not know uh, uh, so he's got the stick and I think this is where he pulls this guy in the water mm-hmm. uh, Joe yeah but I think it's uh, like he reached the wall so see you know, see that, that Joe's not the chain. one that's in the water it was for, uh, Cleet. Cleet's, Cleet's the one that yeah, yeah Cleet's the one that's been in the water this whole time Joe R.I.P. gets drunk to the bottom of the thing and as we say, cut. He's yeah, dead. Yeah, he's, he's done for. He's, yeah. uh, so Joe, Joe has been uh, killed Face in the water. Underwater. Then yeah. the the creature just jumps out of the water and uh, climbs over the side. And he's like, "Huh, well, uh, welcome to Florida." <laughs> yeah. yeah. We um, now switch to Tom Hennessy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he basically, he throws another guy into the water, um, yeah. and he's walking around. And I think what's pretty interesting here. Um, you'll see here in a second, is that they tell everybody to evacuate the, uh, the aquarium. aquarium. Yeah. But there's this one lady where this baby's like sitting there on a blanket and the lady's like, ah, because it covers up the baby <laughs> while the gill man's walking and you're like, oh no, it's like, it's like, it's like she falls on the net and gets caught in it even though it's clearly the kid. Not right here. Yeah, 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 see? yeah. But it's she a pushed net. him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, her. she's pretending to be trapped on the net and it's just like, you just fell. You're yeah. not trapped in the net. <laughs> Kyle, don't, don't get it twisted. You would have been laying there too. I get. I, I, I get trapped in. So he just walks time. out the door, like yeah. walks out the gate, like it just hey. walks towards the ocean once again. Sounding uh, This is pretty cool, though. This shows you the strength of him. He overturns a car here, mm-hmm. which you know you start thinking about it. You you understand that he just broke a chain, but you never really understood the power that this guy has. Yeah. Um, the creature has. He flips over that car. He goes tumbling down the. Like it's no problem at all, really. And um. So this is another thing. So they're putting, you know, he was in the saltwater crumb. Now he's going for the ocean. Mm. Which one is it? You know what I mean? Uh, saltwater, yeah. fresh water. The answer water. is yes. He can just I, do maybe it. Maybe he can be in both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's where you see the one guy. He's, he's a dead. bi-water traveler. Yeah. He goes both ways. So um, now they don't know what they're going to do. The, the creature has escaped. Yeah, um, and we're going to move on here to pretty it, soon to a uh, newspaper montage of like, oh my gosh, the monster has been sighted here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. And we're all scared because the monster's free. No. And uh, having a whole thing there, it's like, you know, continued searching. Like, we haven't seen the monster in Phoenix. They're like, they're like, oh, we've seen him in Miami. We've seen him in Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, you know, the Navy's and, actually in on hunting the gill uh, man. And then it's like, oh, he's probably just going back to them. And he's going back to Africa. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. He's just going to travel a thousand miles. <laughs> no um, so it's a very or interesting, miles. very interesting uh, 
montage. So the, a lot of the people believe that, hey, he's on his way back to the Amazon. Um, so, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. This is where... Oh, Lover's Lane. Yeah. <laughs> I love this little scene. Uh, there's two two people make it out at a, at a car uh, kissing, and then a hand reaches up, and the lady screams, and there's an officer. He says, come on, kids, bring up. We weren't doing nothing. <laughs> you know, that's so funny. It was like, okay. Because you see the gill man coming out of the water right there, and you think yeah. it's the gill man attacking these two when it's just one of those little jump scares that's not really a, a jump fake scare. out. Yeah. One of yeah. the first fake outs in film, actually. <laughs> um, so I thought that was pretty funny. It has some quite a few funny moments, too. Uh, so the guild man's now out of the water. Mm. He's going to the hotel, which um, uh, which Ferguson and let's say motel, Ellen. not a hotel. Oh, Jumbo, tomato, tomato. <laughs> uh, that's and well, Ferguson and Helen are staying at the hotel motel. <laughs> um, so uh, Helen's in there. She's basically getting ready for bed, I guess. You know, brushing her hair, getting ready to go to the bathroom here in a minute. Uh, and she's got her oh, man. I wish I could remember the dog's name at the moment. It's just slipping my tongue. I think I'm pretty sure it's George. We'll find we'll find out here in a minute. I know yeah. it'll be said soon. So the creature comes up and he's looking in the window at her while she's uh, uh, brushing her hair and everything. And he's just infatuated with her. The dog is like, oh, rough, rough. rough, uh, rough he huh? sees him in the window. That's not and right. <laughs> She says, look, why, why, why are you crying for a dog? Um, so she goes to the bathroom, turns the light out, um, basically is disrobing, um, if you will. Um, and she goes, looks out the window, opens the door, or the door, the little side door, looks out. <laughs> Doesn't see anything. No, I don't see anything, you know. And So clearly it's nothing... You know, what could possibly be outside in the water that I've seen before? Uh, right. I couldn't possibly imagine a well, kill man. Well, the water's not right there. He had to walk a little bit. So she takes off her she takes off her robe, and now she's standing there in her, I guess, bra and panties, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, as risque as this film gets in 1985. Right. <laughs> so uh, she shuts the bathroom door, and she turns on the shower. So now she can't really hear anything that's going on outside of the... Uh, place and the gill man's like, huh? Let me walk right on in. So yeah. he walks in and the dog starts barking and growling. This is my moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Cleet is in a like a I guess another room. Uh, reading, couple, the, reading a newspaper for the night in his bathrobes, just chilling out. Yeah, smoking a cigar, doing fifties uh, man things. So the dog goes and he jumps at the creature and then you hear a yelp. <laughs> Chris yelping. This is Chris right there. No. That's Chris. Here's the yelping. Oh, Chris. Here's the yelping. Oh, no, no it might be Chris. No, yeah, because that, that's, that's, that's yeah, it's Chris. Yeah, right. I knew it was just a simple. Name. I thought it was. I thought it was George. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. that's how much I remember. Yeah. If my head wasn't screwed on it, yeah, it was folks. Chris. So Chris the um, dog. Basically, he goes and knocks on the bathroom door. He's like, "Helen, you all right?" And she's like, "What? I'm fine. Yeah. Why? Why would you ask?" <laughs> Yeah, she's like, "Who's Chris?" Now, yeah. now you got to remember. Look at this time where anybody could just walk into your room too, and she's in the shower. You don't think to lock the door or anything, but it was a different time, different era, where hey, you know, things weren't mm-hmm. always as bad as what they say they are. So he's like, "Hey, where's Chris?" And like, "Well, I thought I heard him yelping." And they're like, "Come here, boy, come here." And this is where you see the sad realization that Chris has probably been choked, yeah, strangled. Yeah, that's the last um, we see of Chris, unfortunately, for the rest of the film. <laughs> Well, no, you see a little picture of him here in a minute. I think he's all crumpled up on the side of the in the bushes. Um, so now it's weird because Chris is there. She can't find him. He can't find him. She's going to be devastated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll sort of show up. Yeah. He's chasing a rabbit. <laughs> if yeah, that was only the case in the middle of the night. Yeah. R.I.P. Chris. 
Um, Which, yeah, it's, it's just like, that's a weird, it's a weird dog owner for, to be like, oh, my dog just ran off in the middle of the night? Oh, it's, it's fine, it's no problem. If my dog ran off in the middle of the night, then I'm going to be up in the middle of the night looking for that dog. That's just me, personally. But I don't know many dog owners are just like, ah, oh, you ran off? No problem. Like, it's one thing if you live in the country, maybe, but, like, for me, it's just like, I, I live in a small town. I so, got my dog. So, basically, she's going, my dog. she's going home to Jacksonville with this guy, but he's like, hey, dog. we're taking this river cruise tomorrow. And we're going to get this lobster house. And then you see the gill man in the water. He's been in the water. And then you see R.I.P. the Chris the dog. Um, yep. R.I.P. So they're saying dog. goodbye to Helen and Cleet. Um, he was like, the George, boy. Thanks for everything. So uh, they're going off in their uh, boat. Um, which I'm trying to see if this is the same boat that they brought in with the I believe the it monster. is. It says there it's the um, Purpoise 2 or 3, I believe it is. I believe it's the same boat they did when they got on the Amazon, so they just restarted it. And I believe it's a, it's um, George Johnson's boat, the Robert B. Williams character. Right. So the Gilman was in the the, the reefs, if you will, or the uh, the weeds, um, and he jumps back into the water and he starts chasing after the boat. Uh, you talk about stalker status. This guy, you know, you kind of wonder if he's going after Helen or if he's going after revenge on Cleet for shocking him all those times, or a little bit of everything. I guess yeah. it's like he's clearly become like he wants to be the hero, kill the bad guy, and get the girl. Uh, yeah, he wants he wants <laughs> everything. He's the hero of his own story, right? In a way that I don't even know if the original creators recognized it. But he now, really is. now coming up, they they're gonna go swimming here, and I think this is some of the the best footage of the film where the creature is swimming in the water with them, and. <laughs> You get to the point where she's like, oh, you tried to grab my foot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really him. It's, I mean, it's the yeah. gill man grabbing her foot. You know what I mean? So really well done. Um, it's just uh, to see how they shot things underwater back then, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Because um, it's kind of like if you watch if you watch Aquaman today, it's a different uh, this, yeah, it's different well, types. They all know they can use CG nowadays. So they right, just do it but, it's so much. But easier. to me, this I, is real. Yeah, it is. That you know is fake. You know what I mean. But mm. this is is really good. And just to what this, you know, I wondered what kind of cameras they had to use, how the camera was waterproofed, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. When they go to do this, and um, like, like I mentioned a little bit earlier too, it's like it's clearly they really did step up their game from Creature of the Black Lagoon to this sequel, where it's like they clearly know what they're doing here, filming underwater. Like a lot of and this right here is probably directly uh, taken from the shape in the water, where yeah. they both dive underwater and they give a kiss underwater, and the creature's just standing there. Oh man! <laughs> I wish that was me. Yeah, so give they it go fifty back, years, man. You'll get your chance. They go back up and uh, they start swimming back. You know, they're they're kind of flirting around. Uh, obviously, they're infatuated with each other. Um, and this reminds me, I do believe, like in the first one, when uh, they did this scene, uh, the first movie, uh, one of them's uh, swimming underwater, or the lady, and the mm. creatures underneath swimming directly underneath her. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And I thought they, might which do was this an here. impressive shot there too. But yeah. uh, he is like right behind them. Uh, she's underwater. She comes up behind Cleet, dunks him. Uh, they both go underwater, uh, and this is where the Gill Man grabs her foot, <laughs> and I'm like. Uh, yeah. It's like, also a little bit of disconnect too, because I know it's like you know, like for obviously for these shots, the water needs to be clear so they can see what's going on. But for them, I guess it's like implied that they can't see more than the foot in front of them <laughs> underwater, because like otherwise you could clearly see like, hey, the kill man's grabbing my leg. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're going back to the boat now. So they're swimming back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the gill man starts following them a little bit. Um, underneath yeah. them, we're gonna and, start, and yeah. he was doing that backward swim that I, I think they is did in the cool. first film, kind of a right. kind of close approximation to that. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna be closing up to we're getting close to the final act here pretty soon. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, just some of the shots they did in this movie, great mm-hmm. stuff. So then again, uh, people, if 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 you will write to Rico Browning and just just the stuff that he did in the water for this, you know, is amazing, amazing talent. Um, and I think I'm really going to write him and, and 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 tell him, you know, my thoughts about what he did in the movie. Just, I mean, the guy's 91 years old now. Uh, I think he deserves uh, praise and credit. For mm-hmm. what he did, uh, yeah. Especially, well, we'll get to it in, in my notes when when you hear some of the stuff. So, um, so they get back onto the boat, and now they're going to the old was it the Lobster House? I think's the name of it. Uh, yeah, like a, for a celebration of some sort, some kind of just like a festivities night, right? So, um, basically, they're out there, and um, this is <laughs> the creature. Decides, Makes his hey, debut. Like, I want to be in the party too. Yeah, so he actually comes on in, uh, and people start screaming. Um, basically, uh, John and or Cleet and um, Helen are out there kissing on the thing, and and the Gill Man starts coming up, and they walk away. Uh, so he jumps up onto the uh, what would you call it? A dock, maybe? Yeah, yeah, in the dock area or something like that, or like the the port area. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he climbs up there. He sees uh, Clee and he sees Helen going back into the party, mm-hmm. and he climbs over the railing. And guess what? He just comes run- <laughs> walking just in, barges right in from the back. Of it's the room. so funny because everybody starts screaming, "Ah!" Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he was just like, "I just want to be part of the party," and like he's just such being a nice guy this time. You know, he should. He, he didn't wear a suit though. He's just like naked at the party. That's not time. Not cool. He is yeah. wearing a suit. Oh, uh, his birthday suit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Actually, that's where the movie's stopping, Risky. Right, so they're, they're down there. They're having a good time singing and everything. The Guys creature's the slowly walk. walking in. That 1950s jamboree. And he's here. Bum, bum, bum. He looks around and the singer's like, uh. That's... And he gives this roar. And they're going after it. And uh, he just shoves Cleet out of the way. grabs Helen one-handed. Mm-hmm. And away he goes. And yeah. Cleet looks like he's unconscious. But he's shaking off the cobwebs. And he's like, Helen. He goes running after her, and this is really cool right here. And there's this right there where they dove in right there. Yeah. I will have to tell you a, a, a fact when we get there. Remember that scene right there. All right. Uh, so Cleet jumps in after him. Um, it can't. Uh, I think this is where the creature drops her off at a buoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't understand like, why. Stay here. I'll be back for you, my yeah, love. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why he did that. I have no idea. Like he wanted to go, like leave her here so he could fight off everyone and beat the hero in his own mind. I guess that's that's the way I interpret it. I imagine, but I don't think he fights anybody here. Uh, no, I believe he goes back to fight back a little bit or something like that. He goes to defend himself and like he says, like you stay here to be safe, and then I'm going to do this thing in my own mind. That's how I I can't rationalize it, but maybe not. No, see, he pulls her back in. Oh, okay. And- that's why I didn't understand mm-hmm. why, why he stopped to put her up there, and then maybe he needs knows she needed air. I don't know. For all, um, I so don't now know. they've got like the coast guard, or uh, I guess the police, uh, the nearest authority of 1950s. <laughs> yeah, saying, "Hey, look, you know, uh, Pier Nine or 99 or whatever it was," mm-hmm. um, and this is where Cleet makes it to the buoy, and he can't find Helen. So now you have the. Uh, the wide search going on for the Gilman and Helen yeah. now because now Helen is missing. So they contact all the um, people, uh, Coast Guard. Coast Guard, uh, all the authorities basically uh, trying to send them on the boat search to find Helen and bring her back safely and also like to find and like, you know, kill the Gilman at this point. 
because they can't have him taking hostages in the Miami, Florida area. Right. Yeah. So now, now you have like not. a missing person. It's Florida. And this is where the two guys are driving and they see a body laying, uh, I guess two college guys you would. And there's a, looks like something washed up on the beach. They uh, go over to see what it was and it's Helen. Uh, but before they could get really close, um, they walk over there and the creature... <laughs> I think this is where he just tosses one of them like, through the air. Yeah. Um, and I think he kills the other one. Um, he comes up from behind him, I think, if I remember right. He sneaks up on him, yeah. Just Which is back. kind of... A, yeah, it's from the side. So he's got one of them. Oh, oh he's so close. faked him out. Oh, no. Um, He's going to get you. So you, you find out that Helen's alive. He grabs the one and he throws him against basically a tree, bounces off a tree. And the other guy, I think he just chokes out right here uh, and kills him. Um, so um, right now I think the body counts around five for the gill man that he's killed. Um, so he picks up Helen again and he starts walking down the beach. Um, so now Clee and the uh, law enforcement um, are searching. Uh, they've searched the water. Yeah. Um, now they're going to start taking it to the land too. They tell everybody to grab flashlights. They got floodlights uh, hooked to the back of trucks. They got generators. Um, Everything they need for a Miami uh, for a Florida search of the Miami know, Vice. Small, <laughs> yeah, Miami Vice search right now. They're going to get the drugs. So they're all going to go look. Um, he's like, look, you know, uh, do not engage the Gilman by yourself. Make sure you report it to your group leader. He's very dangerous, uh, dangerous, and um, basically leave it to the people that can deal with the Gill Man mm-hmm. with the weapons yeah. and not you. Because they know, yeah, how dangerous the flashlight. He is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they all take off in different directions, trying to cover as much ground as they can. Um, and this is where the one um, group of people are driving along, and um, they say, "Hey, f- shine this light back over this way." Um, because we think we saw something. And so they head over there, and is this where uh, they put the spotlights on him? Mm-hmm. They've got Helen, um, and he's like, like <laughs> he's like, get the light out of my eyes. It's in my eyes. Just, um, so here she is screaming, you know, and she tries to get up, tries to move, and nope, not going to do it. The gill man goes to grab her again. Mm-hmm. Um so now they're like, all right, we know where he's at. They shot the flare in the air. They're all speeding to the Area. scene. Yeah, the scene of the crime. Um, so he picks her up again, and he's walking her back to, I, the I assume, the water. Yeah. Um, because the Gilman's been out of the water for a little bit now. Um, so uh, what's his name? Cleet is like, there they are. And he's like, hey, you know, don't shoot. The girl's still there. Uh, and he's telling him, stop stop like he did back in the water when they were trying to train him to feed him it all comes full circle so folks. he's got like um if you ever remember those little fisher pricer things that you hold around with the megaphone the, you know <laughs> the thing you talk into and he's like telling him stop stop so he's got like a controlled speaker or whatever and he tells him stop stop and he they put a light on him and they say stop and he looks in the water and he's like you you know he gives him the old points of finger at you totally uh, hates him, despises him They're yeah enemies. he's like okay he's <laughs> like let's go uh, so the girl, uh, he tells her, hey, steady, come slowly, and grabs the girl. And then they just start unloading on the thing. The creature, they've shot him probably, I don't know, three times, and then they're just shooting in the water after him. Um, you can see the bullets going through the water. Um, very cool. Which, they never really say anything right here because the creature's still swimming away right here. 
Um, and then you're going to come to the uh, famous ending, Twas um, if you will, where the, the it just shows the the creature, the gill man, slowly descending, slowly descending, like the end of the first one, and you have the end. Um, or is it? So sorry. <laughs> so as much as I like this movie, the ending of this movie is one of those other ones where. Hey, is he dead now, or is this just like the end of the first one where another they can come out with another thing? Right. Yeah. So, let's talk about this movie a little bit. So, uh, I told you to remember that one scene uh, about where they dove into the water. So, actor and stuntman Tom Hennessy almost drowned during filming. Playing the creature, he grabs Helen, who was the stunt, uh, stunt woman Ginger Stanley was playing her, on a pier and jumps with her into the water. The scene was shot at night. And when Hennessy and Stanley hit the water, they discovered it was full of jellyfish. In oh, addition, gosh. a freak current started to pull them both down. Hennessy let go of Stanley, who swam to the surface, but uh, Hennessy's inflexible Gillman costume had become waterlogged and too heavy to fight the current. He was rescued by two local boys who happened to be watching the filming from a nearby boat and quickly raced over and pulled him in. So that was almost a big tragedy. Um, yeah, accidental drowning. Um, yeah. Right. Can you imagine diving in and jellyfish just being all around you? That that'd be terrifying. Terrifying. Like I, I have a phobia of jellyfish as it is. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be scary, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, much of this movie was filmed on location at the Marineland of Florida Oceanarium. The actor and actresses filmed in the water during the tank scenes were required to swim with the real life underwater inhabitants, including sharks, eels, barracudas, and more. Despite the close proximity to ocean predators. The only incident was that of a sea turtle biting off the prosthetic foot of Rico Browning's creature's costume. <laughs> the prosthetic foot. Uh, not even the foot. The prosthetic Right. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, okay. I didn't see that one either. Many of the extras in this movie were employees at Independent Life Insurance Company in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, here you go. Rico Browning requested to be credited for playing the creature. He was denied this by studio executives but did make an out-of-costume appearance as one of the lab technicians. So he was actually in there as one of the lab technicians. <laughs> I did have that you, in the cast. You blink, well, you probably of... missed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but... did, I didn't even include him in the cast just because it's so brief. It's just like you just right. die. So just th- that's why I say the the studios didn't want to give him credit. So I think we, as the fans, should write him and tell him. As recognizing that. We think yeah. he should have been in here. Um, I, I, so I completely agree. I think me and Kyle is about to do that, and I'll mail him out here in a little bit. Absolutely. Um, the restaurant from which the creature abducts Helen... Uh, was the Lobster House in Jacksonville, Florida. The restaurant was destroyed by a fire, uh, fire, a fire several years after the making of this movie. So, R.I.P. Lobster House. Um, in Creature from the Black Lagoon in 1954, the creature suit was built to hold air in so there were no bubbles when the creature was underwater. In order to save money and to provide air for the stuntman in underwater sequences, the suit design was changed to allow a hose to pump air to the actor. As a result, bubbles could be seen coming out of different parts of the suit. Uh, this is reported to be the highest grossing movie of the whole Creature trilogy because there is another one after this which looks terrible. I, uh, it's called yeah. uh, The Creature Walks Among Us or something like that. Yeah. And uh, going back to the, the gross for U.S. and Canada was only $1.1 million. So clearly, like in a lot of ways, this was never actually a huge franchise to begin with. And uh, it's kind of surprising we haven't like, like gotten the substantial revisit of that in modern times. Like, there is The Shape of Water, but there is an actual like remake of The Black Oak Moon that I know of that had like a spiritual successor to this. Right. Yeah. Um for this movie, Rico Browning wore a creature head intended for John Lamb, who had originally been hired to assist Tom Hennessy in playing the creature in this sequel. 
Lamb was dismissed after filming began, and Browning was hired to replace him. Lamb's creature suit had to be cut down to fit Browning. Uh, this is the only one of the three creature uh, movies to be parodied on Mystery Science Theater 3000, which I'd kind of like to watch that. It's an honor. It's, an honor. it's, it's you know, imitation is a satirous form of flattery. You know, as right. some the Foster said once. I can't uh, when the Gilman becomes an attraction at Ocean Arbor, a life-size cutout of Ben Chapman and his Gilman suit can be seen at the entrance, which we uh, stated when we were watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Hennessy is the creature in the receiving tank fighting Joe and others when a cargo net is dropped on him to control him. In the next scene, when the creature is being escorted into the permanent tank underwater, the creature in the net is Rico Browning, and yep. Tom Hennessy is the diver swimming next to him wearing white swimming trunks. Oh. So that's very interesting that you have both of them on the scene at the same that's time. Later, Hennessy yeah. can be seen as the first diver climbing out of the tank. It's nice, like, almost like an internal continuity of, the st- of their own little internal story. It's right, and so here's the, there's also a note here about... The scientists put the gillman into a saltwater tank filled with sharks, sea turtles, etc. The gillman came from a freshwater lagoon in the Amazon. So that's one of those things that you just don't know about. So, Kyle, there you have Return of the Creature. Tell me what you think. I think this is the best film of the trilogy, easily. Um, I think that's easily you say it. Like, it's definitely all, it, it's certainly better than the third one because the third one is apparently awful um, from what I've heard. I haven't actually seen it myself. Maybe it's, maybe it's a missed gem. I don't know. But probably awful. Um, it's certainly better than The Creature of the Black Room because that film, I feel like, um, really struggled under a lot of the development tasks. So I feel like this film was everyone doing bringing their A game and experience into making a good film and uh, really improving on what the original set forth. And so this is a, a very good film and uh, especially um, well worth watching if you're a fan of the, of the classic Universal Monster series. This isn't just like checking one off the list like I feel like we maybe kind of did with Dracula's Daughter to an extent. This is a good film in its own right. And also, um, if you're a, like a Shape of Water fan, like I am, you can kind of see the clear par- parallels that Guillermo del Toro was kind of um, bringing from his film to this film in a lot of respects. So I think it's well worth watching for that kind of curiosity, and it's a good film in its own right. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, Jimbo, how do you feel? Well, speaking of that, I think just because of the um, the importance and speed that needs to be uh, presented if, if people are going to write Rico Browning, I'll probably put this out first, even though we recorded Dracula's Daughter before this. Um, that way people can get and write Rico Browning. Um, to so think it's him. a tiny spoiler for Dracula's Daughter. Yeah. Maybe we didn't like it that much. Maybe. <laughs> we did do Dracula's Daughter first, but I think I'm going to put this out uh, because I do want people the opportunity and to expedite the process if they do want to write Rico Browning, which I think they should. That's a, that's a good Let's choice. go ahead like and get this idea. out there to to the to the um, the people. Uh, you know, and I might even release that this week. Um, I mean, October's not here yet. We usually save these for Universal Monsters. I might have a release date of Friday, which is October 1st, just so we can go ahead and give people time get to the get, ball rolling get the ball on rolling on this if people yeah. want to reach out. But I love this movie. Um, you know, you, you talk about, like, um, all I kept thinking in my mind when I watched this, too, is, like, if you went to SeaWorld and, like, uh, Shamu <laughs> escapes, you know what I mean, from, from there, um, if you could go see Shamu under the water. Um, so I, I drew a lot of correlation between SeaWorld and... And, you know, they had the, the tunnels under there where you could walk and see all the, the animals. But um, very good movie. Uh, the underwater scenes were amazingly shot uh, for cinematography. Uh, and just the unpredictability of what the other animals in the tank would do. You did not know what they were going to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought that was really well done. Um, I, I like this movie. Uh, it's a good movie. I, I, think, I think the problem with the original creature from the Black Lagoon, which I love too... 
but they had to tell the story of the Gilman. This, the Gilman story is already established, yeah. and now they're trying to figure out why he is the way he is. So you have a lot more of the creature in this movie than you did in the, the original creature from Black Lagoon. Yeah. Like, and, and the first one has the burden of discovery, but this one has the um, but that's like the privilege any, of knowledge. That's so. like any movie you do, though. So yeah. like, like let's say even like Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, you have to start with the backstory to mm. see why they are the way they are. You know, I mean, the Gill Man though is still a mystery. Yeah, you don't. They they know a little bit more about him, but they don't know everything about him. So yeah, um, and he's more fun to explore when you know the basics first. When you have to discover him first, right? Thing. You don't have to take as much time of the film. Yeah, which you can go straight into other mm-hmm. things. So. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. This is definitely one that you need to watch. I've, if I were you, I would watch the uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon and then go right into this one because it's only a year later, technically, from what the the boat captain said. So the continuity is still there. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely you go from one ride to the other. You can have an old one one day. You know, they're both relatively kind short of the films. same way you could go with Dracula right into Dracula's Daughter. It could still be one whole long film. And yeah, you still... could practically cut them right together, and you wouldn't really notice the difference, honestly. Right. Yeah. So I agree. so. There you have it. Um, I think one of the... Well, the next one's probably Dracula's Daughter since I've released this with yeah, before. Yeah. But uh, I think we're going to be doing The Mummy's Hand. Um, yes. So be on the lookout for that pretty soon. Um, and mm. I, I just like, I think everybody should write Rico Browning. Um, the address is here. I'll post it on Facebook. Uh, just let the man know, you know, thanks for giving us this wonderful movie. Uh, and putting your life on the line pretty much with swimming down there with sharks yeah. and everything. So... Um, but I think that's the end of this episode of the Universal Monster Series. Hope you enjoyed it, uh, and be on the lookout for some in the future. And I think that's a wrap on this episode. And Kyle. And cut. <laughs>